Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. And now that heart is beating fast And that's the rhythm I can dance to I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to That one big heart that's beating fast Tomorrow morning let it rain Tomorrow morning let it pour Tonight we're in the groove together Ain't gonna worry about Stormy weather Gonna kick old trouble Out the door Beat out old trouble and drum here we are on Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Empress Dowager Dale Bridge, welcome to the studio. Thanks, Joe. Welcome yeah. to you. I get worried in winter. Yeah, it's it's a nice time to hibernate. But yeah, you know. no, no. What I get worried about is people don't turn up and they're dead, and it's. I got to waste an afternoon going to their funeral, so you oh, know. God. I'm thinking of myself, and you hadn't turned up for a while, and I thought. <laughs> Is Dale still with us? Yeah, no. You know, poor old Kevin Healy's been off for two weeks. He's been sick. Oh, that's no good. Yeah, it's not a good thing. And every time I pass the notice board, I see a picture of somebody else who's been involved with 3CR. But we have been around for about 40 years, so... uh, yeah, I think I'm sure this is depressing our guest who I introduced to. You get to that age. All right, you get to that age, (laughs) yeah. All right, now look, uh, I've got some bad news, Dale. Oh, what's that, Joe? We're still short on our radio phone. Oh dear! We've got six hundred and ten bucks pledged. Oh. Another, so we need another three. Yeah, around three would make us happy. Yeah. So look, uh, if you want to help us out here at Three CR Community Radio, Three CR, now's a good time. You can get a warm inner glow <laughs> and claim a tax deduction if you need one. Not this year. For this financial year, not last financial year, you've missed the boat. 30th of June was the date. <laughs> so uh, they would appreciate if you ring on 94198377, say you feel sorry for us. Every cent counts. Yeah, that we couldn't even make a total of a miserable 900 bucks. Oh, no. So we've got 290 to go, so give us a ring, 94198377. Talk to one of the wonderful 3CR staff, and they will... Remove the money from your wallet or pocket, <laughs> electronically or physically. They don't care. They're those type of people, aren't Whichever they? Whichever way you desire. Exactly. Oh, I like that. Whichever <laughs> way you desire. <laughs> now, we do have a guest, and he's wondering what he's kind of got into here. He's a bit worried. Our guest, now this is a very unusual, Anthon. Anthon Rumbiak. Oh, it is your name, isn't it? Yeah. Thank yeah. you for having me here. No, 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 no. We're desperate. <laughs> no, we're desperate for good guests. There's a lot of people that could come here that we don't want. We only have interesting people come into Radical Australia. We don't want boring people, do we? Yes, thank you. Good, good. Now, I'm going to ask you two questions. Yes, sir. And you've got 55 minutes to answer them. Yeah. First one takes 10 seconds. Yeah. And the next one takes 54 minutes and 50 seconds. Yeah. You don't, you're, not, you're not worried about that? No. 
No, no, I didn't. I, I warned, warned him about you. You warned him. Oh, that's not fun. I didn't tell him the questions. I just warned him about you. You warned him about me. Well, <laughs> that's, that's not nice because it means he's not only. I like. I, I mean, like to have the guests on the back foot. You know. I mean, prepared him. Pre- are you prepared him? <laughs> now, Anton. Is your name really Anton? Yes. A N T H O N. Yes. That's on your birth certificate. Yep. Oh, that's interesting. We'll talk to you about that in a minute. What year were you born in? I was born in April the 1st, 1983. April the 1st? Yes. April yes. Fool. You must be get sick of April Fool's jokes. Do you yes. get sick of <laughs> where, where were you born? In Biak. Biak. Where's that? The island in northwest Papua. Northwest Papua. Do they have April Fool's jokes in West Papua? Um, not before, but now they got it. They got them too? Yes. <laughs> Ah, oh, it must be a burden you carry. You know, some people are born on Christmas Day. You know, some people are born on famous people's birthdays, and it's a it's, it's a burden they carry. So, but April Fool's Day—that's good burden to carry. Yes. Yeah. All right. Now, so you're born in Biak, and what year was it again? Nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty-three. Eighty-three. So you're a relatively young man then. Yes. Yeah. Not even forty. In the middle. In the middle. Yeah. All right. What's the first thing you remember about being on planet Earth, Biak? What's the first thing you remember as a very young child? Um, the first thing I remember is seeing the mother crying for the daughter. Right. And how old do you think you were? Just roughly. Ten years old. Ten years old. You remember that? You don't remember anything before that? Like... Before, I just hear people talking about, like, they got in Manukwari and other place. Right. But in 1998, yeah. that was the, the time I saw it, like, mother crying for the daughter. Mm. What, do you mean, what do you mean a mother was crying for a daughter? Because the daughter was being raped and killed by the Indonesian military. Right. So this, this is part of the... Uh, Commemorations we had last Friday at yes. the Brunswick Town Hall, right? So, but before we get to that, let's go, let's go back a little bit further. Right? You you would have had memories before that, you know, just ordinary, boring memories, nothing. You know, as a young child, what was life like where you lived? Well, the life like it's really like we just tried to play over what happening, like study and other things, mm-hmm. because. The school was, we have to write, like using one books, mm-hmm. for write for all the, all like what we study. Yep. So, did you, um, so what, are your parents still alive? Your mother and father still alive? Um, my father just passed away Two, two months ago. Right, right. And is your mum still with yeah, us? Yeah, my mum's still alive. And do you have any brothers or sisters? I've got seven sisters. Seven sisters? Yes, and one brother. And one brother. Ooh, that lucky man that you've got one brother. Yeah. Uh, are you younger, a young member of the family or one of the old people in the family? Well, like I've got seven older sisters mm. and I'm the older brother. You're the older brother? Yes. So you were the boss, were you, when you were a small boy, were you? Yes. Right, okay. And did you go to school in in your village when primary school? Yes, and it's a Christian school. Christian school, right? 
And what um, language did you have to use at school? I have to use Indonesian language right. because the native language has been banned at school. So your, your language is banned at school? Yes. Well, we were very good at that here in Australia, you know, for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. We used to ban their language at school, so you should feel honoured that your language was banned at school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the Australian way, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, it, so from very early on, you were tr- uh, they tried to incorporate you into a, an Indonesian mindset, Indonesian mentality. Yes. So you, you couldn't use your language at school. Yeah, we just learn Indonesian language, mm. and they ask us to learn Indonesian tradition. Mm-hmm. Tradition too? Yes. Right. So you don't have any traditions, obviously, do you? So our tradition, yes. it's uh, they keep fighting until 1998 mm. or 1999, yes. and the tradition being right. produced to school. Right. But before before that, obviously... You have, and the people of your village in your country, West Papua, have their own traditions. Yes. So, so when you went to school, it was not just a matter of learning in Indonesian. You had to uh, learn the Indonesian way of life. Yes. Oh, we did uh, the same with the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. We, did the, we called it assimilation, you know. They, we wanted them to be like us. Yep. They want us to be like Indonesians. Right, right. So what was life like did you live in a little village or a big village? It's like a big village, close mm-hmm. to, in, like, airport. Close to the airport? Yes. Which airport? Franskaish Airport. Right. It's an international airport. Right. Like, in 1970s to 1994, yep. and they closed it. Right. For the international. Right. So, when you were a young boy, did you speak your own language at home? Yeah, at home you can speak the language, right. but not at school. Not at school. How about in the street? Could you speak in the street? Yeah, we can speak it, but when we see the teacher, mm-hmm. we have to speak Indonesia. Indonesian, right. And were the teachers Indonesian? Yeah, some of them Indonesia, some so are Papuans. Papuans, right. So, was there any, because you were near the airport, was there any military in your village, any Indonesian military? Yes, they've got like military base for Air Force. Right. And Defence Force, they're just working like on the security at the at the airport. Right, right. So air strip. Right. And was there any, any, any soldiers or security in your village, living in the village, in your village? Yes, they've got like base on the Right. On the runway. Yep. So they're looking after the runway. Right. Mm. Now, so you were very close to the airport. Yes. Mm, what, what was that like, living so close to the airport? Well, it's really noisy, but <laughs> it's really good. Really good. Why is it really good? Because, like, when people arrive, we can we know who's coming. Right. From so the first place. Yes, you know, from the first place. So how did your mother and father come from the same area, or did they come from different parts of Papua? This comes from, like, from Biak Island, but different, like, village. Right. Mm. So h- how, how big is Biak Island, do you think? The Biak Island is, uh, I think, three times Christmas Island. So it's not very big? Not very big. And how many people do you think lived on Biak Island or live on Biak Island? 
the roughly in Biak Island, it's about 200,000. It's a lot of people for a small, yes. small area. And what is it, 50% Indonesians and 50% West Papuans? Or yes, it's 50-50. 50-50. So, so it was a military base. Yeah, like on that island, it's a military base hmm. because they've got about half of the military in Papua. Hmm. It's in Biak Island. It's on Biak Island. So it's easily to like deployed easily to other deployed. part of the Papua. All right, okay. Now, when were the Dutch? When did, when did the Dutch leave West Papua? Was it 1960s around there? Was it? Or? 1962. 62. All right. So, has long since you were born, you felt the Indonesian presence there. You, you never lived a life, a traditional life. Yes, when like I was born, it's like in Indonesia era, so mm-hmm. we just live in Indonesia life. Right. So oh. It's different with like our parents. Yes. They keep talking about Dutch, the good of Dutch. Right. So for us, it's like we feel Dutch is better than Indonesia. Right. So your parents they didn't have didn't they say anything bad about the Dutch? No, they didn't say any like bad things about Dutch, but they say the good things about Dutch. Right. Now you said you went to a church school. Um, how long did you go to that school at Biak Island? Like, it's six years. Six years, so the first six years. All right. And um, did you have many friends? Yes, I have so many friends. So many friends, I like yeah. that. And what type, of, what type of thing did you get up to after school, when you were in primary school? Did you, what type of... Games, or did you have to go back to home to work, or yeah, like after school we just playing soccer, right? And other we just playing like everything we can, <laughs> right? So you didn't have any uh, traditional gardens that you had to work in after school. Yeah, sometimes like on the weekend, yeah, we can help help, right? So how did your parents survive? How did they survive? Did they have Traditional gardens, or were they? Did they work for, for wages in Biak? Uh, my father is a um, teacher. Yes. Primary school, primary school teacher, and mm-hmm. my mother is a nurse. A nurse. All right. So you, you never found yourself in the same classroom as your father, did you? I uh, know. <laughs> no, lucky boy, lucky boy, Tom. lucky boy. Now that would have been difficult, wouldn't it? Yes. How about your sisters? Did they find themselves in the same classroom as their father? Yes. No. Uh, my sisters are in the same class with my father. And what do what what they say? Are they, are they still all alive, your sisters? Yeah, they say, like, at home, it's different with the school. Right. Mm. So uh, it's interesting. It would be very interesting, yeah, because it, in the school they've got to show respect at home. Oh, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. And did you, at home... As a young boy, did you share? Was it a big house or a small house? Or it's a really big house. A really big house, and, yes. and, right? And so, what? Did you have your own room? Or? Yes, we get like different rooms. Well, different rooms. Yes. That's unusual, isn't it? Yeah, but and my father every every day yeah. he checks every rooms to tidy up. If not tidy up, like get some 
disciplined. Uh, <laughs> look, Anton, I'm going to tell you something. You may find this hard to believe. I've been around for a long, long time. You can see how old and tired I am. But, and I've been to many parts of the world and spoken to many people of many different races and colours and religions and cultures. And as a kid... Keeping your room tidy. Yeah. Every single one of the bastards wants you to keep your room tidy. Yes. It's a cross-cultural thing. Yeah. Uh, all right. So did you, when you left primary school, obviously as your parents had um, had skills and you know, your mother was a nurse and your father was a teacher, did they send you to high school? Yeah, the junior high school and high school. And so where was junior high school? Junior high school is like... It's a public school. Yes. Indonesian public school. Mm-hmm. It's in the city. What city? In Biak City. In Biak City. Yes. So did you board or did you go there every day and come home? Well, the first start, it was really good. Mm-hmm. But then I feel bored because, right. like, in the class, yes. it's only three Papuans and the most of them is Indonesia. Right. So did most of the Papuan kids not go to junior high school? Uh, they go to junior high school. Yes. But they not like in the city. Yes. They have to select who's got their good like their good reputation and they've yes. go to their first class. Yes. And then the second. Yes. But then all the pop ones it's like on the third class. In the third class. Yes. It's all pop ones. All pop ones. But you were in the first class. Yes, with the Indonesians. Yeah. And why was that? Well, you're a bright boy. And like only three Papuans, so yeah. I don't know. Three Papuans? Well, yes. he must have been a very bright young man. They must have seen you as a future leader. <laughs> well, it depends. It depends. <laughs> now, did you walk to school or did you stay at the school during the week or how did it yeah, work? Yeah, during the week we stayed at the dormitory. Dormitory, right. And what was the dormitory... Segregated, with, or there was Indonesians and West Papuans together. Well, it's like mixed, so mixed. We right. just friends with the Indonesians, right, right, and okay. stay there. So, and and how many boys would there be in a room in the dormitories? In dormitory, we've got four boys' rooms yes. and four girls' rooms, right, and teachers, teachers' rooms, teachers, so. at, yeah, and live close by. And would there be one student in each room or two or three students in each room? We are like 12 students in yes. one room. 12 students in yes. one room. So you've got bunk beds. Yeah, bunk beds. Bunk beds, all right. And did you go home at the weekend? Yeah, sometimes go home. Like if I want to, and then just go home. But all if right. not, just stay in the dormitory. So what did you do? Did you go home or did you stay in the dormitory? Yeah, most of the time at the dormitory. For study. What did you stay in the dormitory for? Yeah, just for reading a book. I read in the books. You yes. do want to go home to work in the garden. <laughs> well, <it's laughs> because at home it's the same thing. Yep, yep. After the gardens, like reading books yes. after four, five o'clock. Yes. So it's the same thing that stay at the dormitory. Right. So and, and you liked you liked reading, did you, as a yes. young man? Is there any particular thing you liked reading? Is there any type of book you like? Did you like adventure or fiction or real? I like, I like to read like politics and law. Politics and law yes. at junior high school? Yes. How old were you? Uh, Eleven. Eleven. So why, were you, why were you reading politics and law at eleven? There must have been a reason. 
Yeah, because mm. I want to know like about what the laws works and how the politics works. Mm. Because I get confused when they say, oh, this one is politics, this one is a law. I say like, okay. Mm. So I just try to learn, to read and then mm. understand it. Right. At 11. And then you went to high school after junior high school. Yes. And was that in Biak City too? Yes. And how many years was that? I studied in high school for three years. Three years. And is there anything, any subject, anything you liked learning in high school? Don't tell me politics and law again <laughs> in, in high school. Is there anything you liked, uh, you know, was language or geography or history or...? Yeah, I like to study about um, history. Mm. And did you have the same history course we used to teach Aboriginal people and Torres Strait Islanders in Australia that they didn't exist? Yeah, like we study different um, history, yeah. and like by most of most of it, we just study Indonesian history, Indonesian history, you know, independence, independence struggle, yeah. the Sahara regime, and all that. Yeah, we study like mm. from the 12th century, from the 12th Indonesia. century, right? Okay, that's good. And how old were you when you finished high school? I was 16, I finished high school. And what did you do after that? I went to university. University? Yeah. I assume you left Biak to go to university? Yeah, in Jayapura. Jayapura. All right. So you must have been a bright boy. So I went to Jayapura. Yes. I studied history. History? Yes. All right. And what, um, did you, you did an undergraduate degree in history, did yes. you? Yeah. And any sp- special area that interested you? Yeah, I just take like a special area is in Southeast Asia. Southeast Asia. Because, like, in Indonesia, like, I was in high school. Yes. Only one page for study, like, history of West Papua. One page. One yeah. page. Yeah. It's better than... Well, I must congratulate the Indonesians. They did better than we did. We didn't actually have a whole page. I remember when oh. I went to high school, I remember... That was a long time ago, in the 60s. I remember that the Aboriginals used to just walk around the place and... Don't do much thing else, and that was our history lesson. Yeah. All right. So, what year did you enter university in Jayapura? In 2002. Nine, two thousand. Two thousand and two. Two thousand and two. Was anything? Was there any political activity on the campus in when you entered? Yes, it's really, really high. Like every day, we can hear like students talking about demo and other things mm. so I just end up thinking okay I think it's better way to learn the history right so join the groups R- what type of groups did you join the groups is like um, students movements mm-hmm. so they just go into protest against like Indonesia against other companies right like Freeport and mm. but then Freeport, yeah. when they're talking about it the police and military is coming. Right. So, yeah, there is no r- solution right. if students talking and military and police coming. Right. And going back to 1998 in Biak, were you in Biak when the, the massacre occurred? Yes, I was in the um, junior high school dormitory. Right. And, and what did you hear? Like, it's really close. Mm. So, in the morning, mm. we heard people are just singing. Mm-hmm. And so we just went out. We said, well, what's happening? Mm-hmm. So we saw the different flag. 
Yeah. And we were like really surprised. Mm-hmm. So we just like, okay, just follow them. What they're going to do? Mm-hmm. So we went, but then the teacher said, no one go there. If we go there, we're going to end up getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to ask us to leave the school. Yeah, because people basically singing Christian hymns and reading from the Bible. Yes. That's all they were doing. Yes. But the West Papuan flag had been raised on top of the water tank. Yes. Okay. When did you hear that things, you know, you're only 10, I know you're only 10, but when did you, no, you were 12, were you 12? 12, 12, around, I think about that. Yeah. Yeah, about 12. When did you hear that people had been raped and killed and people had disappeared? Did you hear? Did you hear the bombardment that occurred from the ships? Or? So yeah, in on the sixth, mm-hmm. we were in the dormitory. That's the sixth of July. Yes, and we were in the dormitory, mm-hmm. and we hear like at night, like people, like police cars and military cars, and mm-hmm. we just at the dormitory, we mm-hmm. were terrified. Mm-hmm. So we just like hugging each other and just started crying. Right, mm-hmm. and like. We can hear the gunshot, mm. and we just said, "Oh God, they're not coming here because if they're coming, we're all gonna be killed." Killed. So you knew what was happening. Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, you were you were at the commemorations on Friday. Yes. How important is it to remember what happened for you and your people? Yeah, it's just to remorate the people mm-hmm. who are not coming home. Mm-hmm. And not being buried properly, mm. because like in Biak, I think their family still looking for them and wants to bury them properly. Mm. And, and how many? I know we haven't got an exact number, but how many people do you think were killed or are missing? Because like when um, Elsam mm. wants to collect the data, yes, people were terrified to talk. Mm. So it's. Um, like it could be mm-hmm. more than 100. More than 100. And that's from an island population. Yes. Less than 100,000 West Papuans we're talking yeah. about. So if you've got 100, that's, that's one percentage of the pop. That's one percent of the population. Yes. That is quite an extraordinary number of people to be killed in a day. Yeah. And it wasn't just killing, there was raping and. Raping and, yeah. Yeah. Right. Torture. Torture. Right. Okay. Do you think that, um, do you think that. That occurrence was m- what sparked your interest in politics. Sorry. Do you think that the massacre, that like what you experienced, was one of the things that made you get interested in learning about politics and law? Yes, because I'm reading like before. So when it's happening, and people started talking about pop ones, and I was thinking, okay, that could be the politics. So I just interest to learn more and more. So mm. then I studied the history mm. and the history was missing. Mm. No, so yeah. There's no record there. Look, it's uh, 4.30pm. It is Wednesday the 11th of Ju- July in the Georgian calendar. <laughs> and we are talking to, we don't interview people on Radical Australia, we talk to them. All yes. right? We're not torturing you. You can relax. Yes. Interviewing Anton Rumbiak and uh, Extraordinary Life. So, University student, did you graduate? Um, no. Excuse me, what happened? Because it's like in six months to yep. graduate, yep. 
And so you have done two and a half years, had you? Or three years? Three years. Three years. You got six months to graduate, and what Th- happened? And there was like military and police keep coming to university. Mm-hmm. So then I end up meet the other Papuans, mm-hmm. and some of my friends they just split to Papua New Guinea. Right. So other friends said, "Oh, some people they just wanna go to Australia." I said, "Like, oh, there's no possibility mm-hmm. to go to Australia." Mm-hmm. And they said, "Yeah, they will try." Mm-hmm. So I joined them from the first place. Like when they start to organize the journey. The, you're not one of those horrible people that came across in the canoe, are you? Yeah, I am. Oh. I'm just one of them. Yeah. That's terrible. That's fantastic. terrible. It was a fantastic period. I agree. And I've interviewed a few people who've come across on the canoe. Yeah. So where did you join the canoe? Where in West Papua did you join the canoe? I joined the from the in Jayapura. In Jayapura. From the beginning, like on the planning. On the planning. So you're involved in the planning. Yes. Well, did you think it was a bit dangerous? Yeah, it's risky, but risky. We just said if complete, then the issue will be worldwide. But if failed, then yeah, it's you're all going to die. Yes. Now the canoe. I'm always been interested in the canoe. Were you involved in planning to build a canoe, or did you get a canoe? Yeah, just help them. For the, the people in the village, mm-hmm. by like getting all the things for them to build the canoe. So they built a traditional canoe. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this is in Biak? In Jowie Island. Jowie Island, all right. So they built a special canoe to send young people yeah. as ambassadors to the world to let people know what was happening in West Papua. Yes. All right. What made you want to leave your family? Did you think you were going to be arrested or or you just felt that you needed to get out and spread the word? Yeah, just trying to, like, because other students mm. to flee to Papua New Guinea, mm. they don't have a voice. So right. I make a choice to come here with the others to get to spread the word. Right, so you made a specific work. choice because there's, what, there's 15, 20, 30,000 people, West Papuans in Papua New Guinea, yes. and they came across the border, they, they always, and they're not treated very well, are they? Yes. Yeah, and they're, yeah, they're just yeah. being quiet, so. yeah. like, because the media cannot yes. go to them, so. Yeah, and if they're not quiet, they could be, they could be expelled back to West Papua. Yes. It's a possibility. Alright, how did you get on the canoe? Well, from Jayapura, mm. we went to Seri. Where's that? How far away is that? Like one night. One night. From Jayapura to Seri. That's by car or um, motorbike? By ship. Ship. You, you got a ferry, did you? Yeah, like big yeah. ship. So we just went to Seri. Yep. And from there, we just get on the boat, like traditional canoe, and mm. cross to Australia. Like hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang from Seri yeah. to the west. Yes. From so had, where, did, where did you pick up people? This canoe, did it just pick up people at one spot or did it go to different parts of West Papua? Like from Jaipura, yes. we've got about 20 or 30 people yes. and the others from the st- like on the journey. On the journey. Yes. So where, how far did you go with the journey? So from Surrey mm-hmm. to the Bird Hut yep. and then down to the south. 
down to the south. So yeah, to the west and then down to the south. So the Indonesian authorities just thought you were crazy fisher people, did they? Yeah, they think like uh. people just trying to do some journey. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. go to south with the canoe. Yes. It's not there's the possibility. Yeah, yeah. Did that are there canoes that big normally in West Papua? Yes. There's always canoes like that. Yeah. And they're journeying. And then journey f- like from Sebrui to Biak. Yes. Or from Biak to uh, Numfordese Island. All right. In between Biak and Manukwari. All right. So how many people fitted into the canoe eventually? Eventually it's supposed to be will be 50 mm-hmm. or 60 but it's just 43 43 yes 43 so what time did you leave West Papua was it night yeah um, 1 o'clock like 12 o'clock in the midnight midnight you left we left West Papua mm. did you have a map uh, no map did you have a GPS no GPS no <laughs> compass did you have a no, no compass. compass yes did you have any water on the boat well, we just got a biscuit. Biscuit. Did you have any water? And just, yeah, just a little bit of water. A little because bit of water. Because the journey, it takes about 18 hours. Mm, that's what you thought? Yes. You thought 18 hours, no compass, bang. Yep. Because we'll get we j- there. We just take like the moon and then sun. Mm. It's right from, from the east. Mm. So we just can calculate. Were there anybody on the ship or the canoe who knew anything about navigation? Well, has anybody kind of, or are you just just young people on a bloody canoe in the middle of nowhere? Well, because like the engineer, like he's oh, you had fisherman. an engineer, yeah, like he's fisherman. He's a fisherman. Yes, right, and okay. just knows how to like looking the sky and then knows. Yeah. Right, so you had a, fi- a professional fisherman who knew. Yeah. And obviously you had a beautiful, beautiful motor that gave you no trouble. Well, the motor <laughs> is not really good, you know. <laughs> Tell us what happened with the motor. Yeah, like when we left, mm-hmm. after, like in the morning, mm-hmm. the one motor is breakdown, so only one engine. Right. And the wind and then the storms start to come. What storm? What wind? Like, isn't it just like, a swimming pool, beautiful the water. No, it's <laughs> no, no, no. It's not like that. It's, it's not like, like that. Really, really storm. You got a real big storm. Yes. Right, all right. And we we can see like the storm, uh-huh. like the wave. It's like house, and we just like okay, okay, just face it uh-huh. because we uh-huh. make a choice. Mm. Did you have any um, children on the boat? Yeah, we got two years old. A two year old. Two or one years old. Right. And was it mainly young men, or was it there's also young women? Yeah, we got men and women. Men and women. All right. Was there more men than women? or? Yeah, more men. So. All right. Okay. Okay, you've got a broken engine. And, yeah, so... And, and you're in the middle of a storm, and you've got waves as big as a house. Yes. Is it, did you start praying? Yeah, we just started <laughs> praying and singing. Right. And we lost for three days. You were lost? Yes, because of the engine. What do you mean you were lost? Like, the engine was not really because only one engine works yep so the wave is just push us to to the west and then back again right so in the middle of the right. like 
on the Cape York. Yes. I think we just stuck in the middle. Yeah, all right. Let's, let's go back a bit. During this trip, did you see any planes? No, we just only see one Indonesian ship. Yes. But then, after like, we on the, under the wave. Yes. The ship was gone. The ship was gone. So, yeah. Oh. So you didn't see any other boats? So we didn't see any other boats. Alright. Did you run out of food? Yes. And how about water? Like, the water we just drink from the rainwater. Oh, or right. the seawater. Seawater. You're drinking seawater. Yes. Yeah. Alright. Okay. Now, I've spoken to a few other people who've been on the boat. Now, you tell me, when did you first see land? And what, what were you thinking? Well, it was like in the morning mm-hmm. after the third, three days storm. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, there is the land. Mm-hmm. So we tried to catch the land, like go to the land. Yes. But from the morning until 2 o'clock in the afternoon, it's still far away. Yes. So we said, okay, it's not the land. Right. But then they said, this is the land. So mm-hmm. we just keep going. Until what could you see? What could you see? Could you see land or just cloud? It's like cloud. Cloud. All right. So, so we just follow in the cloud. Right. Until 4 o'clock in the afternoon, yes. we find the land. You actually saw it? Yes. All right. And so what did you do then? So they said, okay, we're just close to the land. So mm-hmm. have somebody have to swim. Mm-hmm. So me and other friends, we just jump in and swim. How far did you swim? It's about 500 meters. Mm-hmm. So we just swim to the Beach. Mm. How many? How many of you were there who swam? The first group. Seven of us. Seven of us. Yes. Okay. All right. You swam and to the land. Yeah. Yeah. We swam and then we see, but there is nothing. Nothing. Only like they said, oh, this is in New Guinea or in Timor. Yes. And we said, okay, cross the river. But so there was a river you had to cross. There's the river. Mm. How big was the river? The river. This was sign. No swimming. There was a there was a sign on the river. Yes. Right. How, 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 how wide was it? Was it? Uh, yeah, we can cross like. You could cross. Did you swim across or walk across? We just swim across it. Right. Because it's very bit wider. So. Mm-hmm. And when we get to the other side, mm-hmm. we find the sign, Australia. Australia. What do you mean you found a sign? The sign said, "Welcome to Australia." What did that's you a, say? What did you say? The sign is Australian government. Yes. And it's a national park. Yes. Of Cape York. So. And on the, on the, like, close to the river, mm-hmm. there's a sign, no swimming, mm-hmm. because of crocodile. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. So, how did you bring the boat onto the shore? So, they said, now, they asked me to swim back to the boat. Mm-hmm. So, I just swim, mm-hmm. follow the river mm-hmm. to the sea. So, we just, so they, we bring the boat into the river. Right. Okay. So we so parked right. the boat in the middle of the river. Oh, and I assume by now, uh, and any, did anybody know you were there? Yes. Who? Uh, everyone knows I I'm, I'm was there. No, 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 but I mean, did anybody, was there any welcoming committee? Was there any uh, Australians no. saying, hello, hello, Nobody welcome. was there. Nobody. So <laughs> you just, here you are, you've come from West Papua, you've arrived at Australia, yep. nobody there. Yeah, we just There's crocodiles and a few signs. Yes, and then we just stay there for overnight. Overnight, yes. And what happened? And then in the morning, mm-hmm. we just tried to find a way to contact anybody. Uh-huh. So some people said, okay, there's a closer place maybe. Uh-huh. So they walk on the beach. Uh-huh. And we started to write the sign, S-O-S. Yes. And then the Qantas plane, I think, 
just a Qantas plane. Yeah, just passing uh, by. Uh, so what year was this? Uh, 2006. 2006. January. Right. This is the this is the Howard era, isn't it? Yeah, Howard era. Yeah, yeah. That you know, border security, and they we let people like you sail across into the river. Get out and wander around. Yes, uh, I like that. I so like that. we stay there for mm-hmm. like one night, and mm-hmm. in, in the afternoon they find us. Uh, who finds you? So I think the Qantas just passed by. Yes. So they contact the custom, mm-hmm. and they're coming with the helicopter. They came and with the helicopter. Cars. Yes, and they said welcome. Yeah. All right. Okay. And they asked, the first question mm-hmm. was, anybody sick? Good. Everyone just hungry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was like really surprised for the first question. Mm. Mm. Is anybody sick? So you saw yeah. a bit of humanity. Yes. Maybe if you'd gone to Papua New Guinea, it would have been a bit different. And if you'd gone to West Timor, that's going to be very even. difficult. <laughs> All right. So what happened to you? What happened to you? Did where did they take you? So they take us to. I can't remember the place name. Mm-hmm. So there's a hospital. Yes. So we just were there. Was that Derby or Derby or? Yeah, Derby. Mm. In the North Queensland. Right. Was it North Queensland or West Australia? North Queensland. North Queensland. Wouldn't have been Derby. Okay. All right. So yeah. uh. after that, they just sent the Australian Air Force, mm. Air Force plane, yes. and pick up from there to Christmas Island. Right. And how long did you spend in Christmas Island? We just spent two, three months in Christmas Island. And what happened after that? And John Howard said mm-hmm. that we came here mm-hmm. as a political asylum, but he just left the things to immigration. Right. So they, they give us um, temporary protection. Temporary protection visas. Yes. So after you left Christmas Island, where did you go to? I came to Melbourne. Melbourne? Yes. What, you just left at the airport or what happened? So from Christmas Island, Mm -hmm. we flew to Perth and then from Perth to Melbourne. Mm. Were there there just you or there other people? So all the 43. All the 43 came to Melbourne? uh, All the uh, 43 because one of them, one of us, being detained in Christmas Island. Right, right. One was detained and 42 were, came to Melbourne. Yes. you know why that person was detained? Yeah, maybe because um, his status. Yes. So after three months, he been detained and he came to Melbourne. He came to Melbourne. And where did you live in Melbourne when you first came here? When we arrived, we were in five hotel in Brunswick. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for a place. And I live in uh, Blackburn. Blackburn. And did you live... Uh, in private accommodation or church accommodation? or I met the church accommodation. Mm. And what church was that? It's an Anglican. Anglican church in Blackburn. In Blackburn. Just you or? Me one and other three friends. Right. And how long did you stay there for? We stayed there for six months mm. and I moved to Sydney. Excuse me. Excuse me. You left Melbourne. You went to Sydney. Yes. Are you mad? Because Were you mad? Because I just trying to learn English uh-huh. to be better. Well, well, we don't speak English in Melbourne. Because in <laughs> Melbourne, if I met the Papuans, I yes. can speak Indonesia. Uh-huh. So I choose to move to Mer- Sydney. Sydney. Uh, that was a big mistake, I think. How, how long were you in Sydney for? 
four years. I've been four in years in yes. Sydney. So what, 2006 to 2010. Ten, yeah. And what did you do in Sydney? Um, just learning English and mm-hmm. work with other supporters group in Sydney. Right. So I just tried to learn, like, speaking English and right, writing. Right, and, and And when did you get permanent residence? We get permanent resident in 2009. 2009. So, all right, you're quite established. And were you doing any study apart from learning English? Yeah, after, from Sydney, moved to Canberra and I studied nursing. Nursing in Canberra? In Canberra, yeah. Okay. How long were you in Canberra for? It's about eight years already now. Eight years. Did you finish your nursing course? Uh, not yet. Not yet. Yep. It's only a three-year course. What's happening here? Because I just like working and right. pay the school and study. Right. So you've so got to pay for your for yes. your nursing study. And what type of work were you doing in Canberra? I just doing um, chef assistant, like cooking. Right, chef assistant. Okay, all right. Uh, they don't pay very well. You understand, chef assistants don't get yeah. much money. Not really. Not really, no. But it's good. To it was all right. And this was in a, what, a restaurant in Canberra? Yes, in Canberra. And you were eight years? Yes. All right. Did you, did you find love in Canberra? Yes, Canberra is a beautiful city. Beautiful city. It's green and quiet. Right. But it's good for people to study. To study, right. Because right. not so many distractions. <laughs> oh, there's not much distraction, you're yes. right. I think you were right leaving Sydney and Melbourne. I think you were right if you want to study. And do you still live in Canberra? Yes, still. Still? Yep. I just came to Melbourne for the 6th of July, the commemoration. The commemorations. Okay. And how long do you think you'll be in Melbourne? I think another week and I'm going back to Canberra. You're going back to Canberra. Yes. And what, to finish your nursing course? Yep, just go back and mm. to finish. Have, are you an Australian resident now? Uh, still permanent resident. Still permanent resident. Yes. Yeah, right. Okay. All right. But uh, you think you're thinking of applying for Australian residents? Or yes, I think I'm going to apply. But I think the rule is changed. But I will see. Well, you've been here for longer than five years, so yeah. you should be able to apply because it means you wouldn't have gone back home. I just went uh, last month. Last month. And what, back to Biak? Yeah, back to Biak. And because what? Uh, my father just passed away, so I just went. Right, so there were things you had to do. Yeah. As one of the, were you, are you the eldest? or? Um, I'm just the older brother. But the older brother, yeah. Not the oldest, because my sisters, seven sisters, they're oldest. Yeah, and so had you seen your family since 2002? Yeah, since 2002. You hadn't, hadn't seen them before? Yeah, like 2002 I left. Yes. And came here, so... It's about 15 years. 15 years you had not seen anybody. Yes. Are you an uncle? Yes. How many nieces and nephews do you have? Um, 14. 14? 14, yeah. 14. Do you have any children yourself? Uh, no. Uh, you got a, no children yourself? No children. You're, you're a businessman, are you? Yeah, just still. <laughs> Working hard. Yeah. Well, that's good. So have you been... And to the office at Docklands? Yes. And what do you think? Yeah, the office is really good. So yeah. if someone wants to know more about Papua, just go to the office yeah. in Docklands. Yeah. yeah, because we've got, we've got, yeah, we've got, I don't know if you know about the Rent Collective. Yeah. yeah um, 
there's a group of interested Australians who uh, support the independent struggle and what we do is we uh, try to pay the rent for the office because the office has now become very important in terms of the international struggle for recognition yep. in the United Nations and um, our next uh, rent collective due to which we invite every listener to Radical Australia is on Sunday the 5th of August and those members of the rent collective will get their invitation but it's an open invitation and you know it's a dollar a day for a dollar a day you can do a lot of things you can annoy the Australian government you can annoy the Australian opposition you can annoy the Indonesian government you can support West Papua and you can lose weight and stop smoking you know that (laughs) because the money you save What's, what's a packet of cigarette worth these days? I, cause I noticed um, you smoking outside, young man. It's about twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. Yeah. So for one and a half packets of cigarette, one thirty cigarettes—that's a dollar a cigarette—you could support the West Papua office and yes. give up smoking. What do you reckon? Yes. Do you really reckon good. our listeners should do that? Yes. Yeah, and you can lose weight too. Yeah, that's really good. Because instead of buying cheap pizza and garbage, you know, an Uber, <laughs> you yeah. can you can think. But seriously, it is. It'll be at Wayne. 1pm on Sunday, the uh, 5th of August, and uh, you don't have to ring anybody to turn up. It's 1pm. There'll be lunch. The address. Uh, the address is the Federal Republic of West Papua Office, 838 Collins Street in Docklands. It'll be at the back. Uh, there's a special room there, and uh, Jacob Greck will be talking about the Australian-Indonesian military relations, but more importantly, poor old Jake, Jacob, will be the the push to get new members for the Rent Collective. We need 15 new members because we are about to get a problem with the rent if we don't get new members of the Rent Collective. It's very important. There will be live music from the Neighbours. Have you heard of the Neighbours? Uh, yes. Terrible band, you know. <laughs> I've offered to manage them. I've offered okay. to be their manager if they pull their finger out. So I'm looking forward to seeing them on Sunday the 5th of August. Because they need a good manager. I get 99%, they get 1% if they go anywhere. Isn't that the way it works uh, in, in med- music? Well, you know, not in, um, not, not in music that's supposed to strike a blow. Uh, not know. in DYO music, eh? In DIY, no, certainly no, not. No. And yeah, the, didn't the neighbours play at the uh, yeah. uh, Memorial Day? Yeah, yeah. they were supposed to. I left at nine, so I don't know if they played. Oh, that's right. I waited <laughs> and waited lover. and waited. How can you be a manager, a band manager, if you hate music? Money, money, <laughs> money, money. They're going to be the next big thing. The neighbours are going to be the next big thing because they include everybody. Yeah, well, that, you know, we, it's we a had, multicultural band. We Did had you? a couple of folks in from yeah. the neighbours, and they played on yeah. air live for us a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Yeah. It was really nice. Yeah. yeah, very nice. And I know you get you'll get bored by this day. You've heard this story a thousand times, but I used to be a, I used to be a fan of that fan of that New Zealand punk band in 1978 before you were born, which was a trash of all nations, which played the Fitzroy Church in Moore Street. They had a bit of a laugh when they realised it was playing that night. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, but it's a great, it's a great concept, the neighbours. It's about, you know, multicultural mm-hmm. Australia. Yeah. So have you got any plans for the future, apart from finishing your nursing course? Have you got any plans? you got anything when you go back to Canberra? Yes. Um, my plan is, if I'm going back to Canberra, mm-hmm. I will try to 
because I'm working with the Ten Embassy yes. in Canberra. So yes. Yes. if we could just go into the Canberra White House yes. and talk to them about what's happening in Papua. Mm -hmm. Like Indonesia, mm -hmm. now they're crossing the PNG border, yeah. like 12 kilometers, just for the gold mm -hmm. and Cooper. So if Canberra can help to stop that, that's going to be great. All right. But personal plans for yourself. Do you have any personal plans for yourself? Do you, do you, do you, do you want to finish your nursing course? Yeah, just finish the nursing course. And mm -hmm. if I get a chance to study, mm -hmm. I just go to do the research in Papua about the health in Papua. About health. And how long have you got to go to finish your nursing course? Yeah, hopefully I can finish it by this year. This year? Because I have to looking for the payment to pay the for the last course, yes, yes. Right. have yeah, you done any practical um, any practical work as a nurse yet yes which hospital have you gone to in Canberra Hospital Canberra Hospital big Canberra hospital Canberra Public Hospital yeah. Yeah. what did you think yeah it's really good yeah. and I wish we got one like Canberra Hospital in Papua right to help others to help others and did you do you, do you enjoy working as a nurse Yes, I really enjoy it. Oh, that'll be excellent. Yeah, because things aren't very good health-wise in West Papua for West Papuans, are they? Yes. Yeah, because I've been hearing a lot of stories about how uh, difficult things are there. Did you? Was there much difference in 15 years when you went back? Did you think things were better, worse, the same? What did you think? Um, like I went back in Biak, it's the same thing. Same There's thing. like nothing new. So. Mm. So you still got the only military presence. Only yeah. the military. Yeah. Base is they just build a new one. <laughs> That's right. So I think it's the yeah. one. It's really good things right. happen in Biak. Right. All right. Okay. And how come your first name is spelled A N T H O N? What is this? What's going on there? Well, I'm not sure because they give me the name. Who Anthony. gave you? Who gave you the name? I think my father gave me the name Anthony. Yes. But then. They spell it mistaken, so... On your birth certificate? No, on Australian. Australian? Oh, it's our fault. Okay, so yeah, blame us. That's right. In Australia, they just uh, wrote it Anton. Anton. So, I take it, like, it's really good it's to not, get It's Anton. better than... Yeah, it's yes. very cosmopolitan, yes. very continental, doesn't it? Well, thank you, Anton Rumbiak, for coming into the studio. It was a pleasure talking to you. Yep, thank hopefully you. Hopefully, you will finish your nursing course, and hopefully, you'll be able to play an important role in West Papua in the future and it's good to see that after 15 years that desire for independence and that desire for self-determination and autonomy still burns in your heart and you're actively involved in activities to promote that. So it's a pleasure and an honour to be speaking to you today. And thank you, Dale Bridge, for uh, doing it all once again and uh, thank you very much, listeners, and listening to Radical Australia next week and don't forget help us with the radio phone give them a ring 94198377 and join the West Papuan Rent Collective two good things give up smoking give it up see you later <laughs>
could see no way to keep my body still. When you heard the call, you left me on my. 